Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome, my listening friends, to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. It's Joe Nettles again. I'm welcoming you, inviting you to Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, near Caledonia, Mississippi, in the Bartahatchee community. And also invite you to Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church. She is pastored by my good friend and partner in this ministry, Elder David Wise. They're located at 11 Staten Road, just off Highway 15, just north of Ackerman. So, Come and join us 10.30 a.m. any Sunday morning that you can. Uh, We invite you to join us at 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening on the grounds of New Covenant Church located at 200 West Garrett Road in Starkville, Mississippi. We have an abbreviated service and some fellowship every Wednesday night, and we would love to have you come and join us. We invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. And please, while you're there, please send us an email. The links are there. Addresses are there. Let us know that you're listening. We would certainly love to hear from you. It would be a great, great encouragement to know that we are reaching folks out there. We also would encourage you to go to the Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page, hit like, and activate the notifications. And anytime that we live stream a service, you'll be notified. We live stream all of our Sunday morning services and every Wednesday evening service at the Starkville Primitive Baptist Fellowship that we just mentioned. So we invite you to partake in that live streaming if you're unable to come and visit us in person. But we certainly would love to shake your hand and give you a hearty, charitable welcome. Speaking of charity, uh, we are in a series regarding charity from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Today's installment of this series on charity. Thank you so much for staying tuned with me here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'm Elder Joe Nettles, and I'm turned in my King James Translation Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and today we will deal with verse 6. If you've been a frequent listener and you followed the messages that I have delivered during my installments of the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, you know that I've been trying to uh, explain through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about charity or agape love, about true love, sacrificial love, God-honoring love that which we find described in the word of God, what it means to God's people, what it means to the church of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and how we're to rightly understand it. And so today we deal with verse 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Here the apostle Paul gives a very succinct description, a fact about charity, about true love, is that it rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Now, what is iniquity? First, let's define iniquity. It is basically meaning that which is unjust, not right, wrong, lawless, a deed violating law and justice. In other words, it's doing what's wrong acting on what's wrong, desiring what's wrong, and acting on what's wrong. That is iniquity. And here the Apostle Paul tells us that charity, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rather it rejoices in the truth. Now, let's look at this just a moment. 
Now, this whole chapter is addressing love. We must ask ourselves, who can enjoy and exercise and live in agape love? Friends, I would posit for you that the scriptures teach us that only a regenerated person can truly live in the charity being described in the word of God. Notice 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. Here he tells us very plainly where love comes from and if someone loves, what it means. Brother John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another. Why? Why should we love one another? For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. So here he says, God is love. God is the one who gives love. And people who actually are able to love, and this love is from agape or agapeo. It basically means that sacrificial uh, love in action spoken of regarding the love of Jesus Christ and God for his people. So here, very plainly, you would have to try to misunderstand John in 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Notice Romans chapter 5, verse 5. From where do we get love? Where does this agape come from? How, are we just born with it? Do we just drum it up? Can we go to Dollar General or to the joint Dollar General family uh, uh, Dollar Tree store and buy it, purchase it? Can we just decide to do it? Uh, all of those are just as silly as the others. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, the Apostle Paul writes, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Here he said, this is born again people, people who have the Holy Ghost in their heart, that love of God. And whether you want to take that as the love of God or the love for God, that means the love that God has for his people or the love that you feel toward God, either direction works in this context. You only receive it. It is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, the spirit of God. Only a regenerated person can love with this love. Notice John chapter 13, verse 35, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is it he's telling us is, is the telltale sign of a born-again person. Now, somebody may be born again and not rightly a disciple of Christ. What is a disciple? A disciple is one who is committed to following and learning in discipline. Okay, now some of God's children are born again and they live profligate lives or they are living in rebellion. They are not living as disciples. Now the, the Bible would rightly prove that. Here he says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Now, if you're looking at one who is a disciple, you're certainly looking at one who's born again of the spirit of God. This is a regenerated person. And this is someone who loves Jesus enough to devote themselves to following in his teachings and to drawing closer to him through his precepts and his actions and his examples. He said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye have love one to another. You see, that doesn't make one iota of sense if love is whatever people decide, they'll just make it be. If that's so, then everybody in this world who loves the stock market or uh, loves sodomy or uh, loves money and loves this and loves that, the way we use the word love, casting it around, it's nothing more than unchecked, unbridled, filthy love. It's wanton. It's rebellion against God. Here he's talking about true love, my friends. And by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, not just a born-again person. 
but also just a person who loves so much that you're willing to devote your life if you have love one to another. Certainly, only a born-again person can uh, have that love to share one to another. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Oh, here he's fixing to tell you how you can tell between a child of God and a child of the devil. Now, when he means a child of the devil, he's not talking about some kind of uh, some kind of eternal spiritual seed or some such. When he's saying children of God, he means children of God as it's spoken of in other places. But here, children of the devil are simply those who do the actions of the devil. They follow the devil. They follow in the teachings and the precepts of Satan. Just as a man would have a son in the ministry and that son in the ministry would count that teacher and mentor of his as the father in the ministry, this is the sense when she says children of the devil. The devil's not the uh, the generating father of the wicked. The wicked fell in Adam, you see. And children of God are only those who have been regenerated and formed by God spiritually. So again, I digress. We read again, 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. If you want to have a good indication of someone who is a child of God, do they love righteousness and do they love their brethren? Do they have this agape love for them? Because again, not everyone can do that. Just about everybody claims they will do that and can do that. But again, biblical truth is it's not possible. First John chapter three, verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life. See, obviously he's talking about spiritual life from the dead in trespasses and in sins. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. We could go on and on. Obviously, only born again children of God love with that agape, charity, sacrificial love spoken of in the word of God. The type of love that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit divest upon us and shower upon us is the same love which we can share and expend one to another. Now, knowing that a regenerate is the only one who can actually live and experience this love, let me ask, how can a regenerate person, and regenerate means someone who's born again, how can a regenerate with the love of God in his heart rejoice in that which is so abjectly contrary to our Lord and Savior? And what are we talking about? Iniquity. Remember, it's unjust. It's not right. It's wrong. It's lawless. It's a deed violating law and justice. In other words, it's just sin, doing wrong, and rebellion. It's living in wickedness. That's what iniquity is. So someone who has this agape love dwelling in their hearts, how in the world could they love and rejoice in that which is so contrary to our Lord and Savior? Well, let's look at a few verses of scripture that point to that. Notice uh, David's lament, his cries unto God in Psalm 51. This is recording his repentance over his sin with Bathsheba, rebellion against God. Psalm 51 verses one through four. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, 
According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. You see what iniquity is? It is diametrically, directly opposed to what God loves and what God desires. It is contrary to God. Isaiah chapter one, verse four. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backwards. Obviously, iniquity is that which is diametrically opposed to God, right? Look at Hebrews chapter one, verses eight through nine. But unto the Son, capital S, talking about Jesus Christ, but unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Jesus Christ hates iniquity. God hates iniquity. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse four. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. Notice this, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Iniquity is that which is diametrically opposed unto God. It is as contrary to God as you can get. So how in the world could someone who has the love of God dwelling in their hearts through the Holy Spirit, how is it that they could rejoice in that which God could not ever rejoice in? That is the total opposite of anything over which God would rejoice. You see, friends, though we are yet sinners and commit iniquity. Oh yes, I trust, I have a hope in Christ. I trust the Lord has made me born again. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I love God. I try my best to love other people as I would like for them to love me. And I, I often fail at that, but it's my heart's desire. Why? Because I feel like that agape love has been placed in my heart through the medium of the Holy Spirit birth. And yet I'm still a sinner. And still at times I commit iniquity that which is lawless, that which is wrong, that which is unrighteous. Yes. Why? Because I'm polluted by this mortal frame, this body, this flesh that I'll still have to walk around in until I'm freed from it at death. And though we're yet sinners and commit iniquity, it doesn't change the fact that regenerated people still hate their iniquities. You may say, Brother Joe, I, I hate my sin. I absolutely despise it. Uh, and I, but I do it so, so often, how in the world could I be a child of God? A child of God, my friends, is still going to mess up. A child of God can still be guilty of iniquity, even living in a born again state. But it does not change the fact, the 100% fact that they hate their iniquities. We teach very strongly in the Primitive Baptist Church, the strength of God's grace and his choosing, his election. And Friends, it doesn't matter what we do, we don't add to, nor could we ever take away from God's saving grace for his elect people. And somebody would say, if I believe like you primitive Baptists believe, I'd just go out and have my fill of sin. Oh, I'd just go out and live like a hog. I'd do everything I wanted to do. I'd just go on. Well, the first question I'd ask that person is, believer in Christ, if you are a believer in Christ, then what are you just chomping at the bit to go out and do? And then they'll start crawfishing. They'll say, whoa, 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 whoa. no, I didn't say I wanted to do it. Okay, why do you not want to do it? 
I mean, there's a part of us, our flesh, that desires to do it. But why is it you bristle at the thought of actually doing it? You, you'll make an accusation against grace believers that if I believe like you, I'd go out and have my fill of sin. And, and think about it. People who believe they're once saved, always saved. Hey, what's stopping you? Go out and have your fill of sin. Go to the pink pony. Uh, go to the bar rooms. Go to these places of ill repute. Go wallow in it. And they'll say, no, no, I won't. Why? Why is that? Because there's a spirit of love in them that hates their iniquity, that hates their wickedness. And if you're like me, my friends, if you believe like I believe and like primitive Baptists believe, you don't want to go out and have your fill of sin. You've already had your fill of sin. If you could choose right now to never sin again and be shed of this mortal frame that pollutes us and leads us in the wrong direction oftentimes, then you would choose that. I would choose it right now. I can't wait, my friends. Oh, I'm not suicidal. I want to live my life the best I can. But while I live this life, I fail so often. I would to God I could be translated to heaven right now as Elijah or Enoch of old and never sin against my Lord again. But again, that's not my business. I just have to do the best I can while I'm alive. And yet the fact remains that while I'm alive, I still commit iniquity. But it doesn't change the fact that I hate that iniquity. Notice the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 5, 24. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Is he saying here, they that are Jesus Christ living perfectly? Absolutely not. Obviously not. Anybody who's a believer in Jesus Christ, under the sound of my voice, if you think you have no sin about you, according to 1 John chapter 1, the truth is not in you. And I feel for you. You need to open your eyes and repent of that foolishness and see you for the weak and sinful creature that you are. Even the apostle Paul said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. He wasn't saying it used to be that way. He's saying that's the way it was when he wrote Romans chapter 7. He still counted himself that way. And here the same apostle says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. That means, my friends, you pronounce death upon it. You mortify it. You're mortified by your sins, your weakness, the thoughts that go through your mind, the urges that poison your heart. Look, notice Psalms 97 verse 10. Ye that love the Lord. Hey, you're talking to me. Ye that love the Lord. I love the Lord. You hate evil. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Thank God he does. And while so oftentimes I need to be delivered, even sometimes because of my own iniquities and foolishness, it doesn't change the fact that I hate evil. I do hate it. I, I hate that my mind oftentimes is drawn toward it. As the apostle Paul cried at the end of Romans chapter seven, I can truly amen. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I can't wait to go to heaven and be the person that I want to be in Jesus Christ. Notice Romans chapter eight, verses 13 through 14. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Now, what he means by if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. That means if you live minding the flesh, if the flesh is the only thing you know, you don't have the spirit within you. You just live a fleshly life in thought, in mind, in deed, in heart. He said, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But... If ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, 
ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Why do you hate your sins? Why do you mortify the deeds of the body? Why do you uh, crucify them? Why do you often in your sentiments and in your desires, nail it on a cross, never to be plagued by it anymore? Because my friends, you're led by the spirit of God. And according to the word of God, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. Thank God for his word. Romans chapter seven, verses 22 through 24. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. See, in that law of the mind, he rejoices in the law of God. But he said he sees there's pollution in his body, warring against that desire in his mind to do good and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, in my flesh, in my body. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You see, friends, when one is not able to rejoice in iniquity because he's been born again, the only true solace for that hurting, grieving heart is the truth of Jesus Christ. Remember our text, rejoiceth not in iniquity, oh, but rejoices in that truth. Friends, if your heart's hurting today, if you are guilty and torn over your sins and your sinfulness, and you desire to draw closer to the Lord, I'm here to tell you the only salvation you can have in this life, the only deliverance you can have from that poison and that deathly uh, guilt and, and the sadness and the sorrow and the futility of this life is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. It's the only saving news that will give hope to a condemned sinner. Romans chapter eight, verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Was he saying here that I'm not a sinner anymore? No, he says, but I do not see my righteousness in my own works. I see that my righteousness is fully in the work and in the person of Jesus Christ, in spite of my weaknesses, in spite of my iniquity, in spite of my failures. And they are so many multitudes, exponential multitudes of failures and weaknesses and sorrowings in my life. Oh, but my friends, the knowledge I have of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that he has placed his spirit in me and shown me a love for him according to the gospel knowledge and the word of God, my friends, it shows me that I have a hope in Christ and he is my savior. And I want to serve him and I want to love him with the best of my ability. Oh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. You see, I don't know about y'all, but that makes me so happy today. It makes me so joyful to know that at that last day, before the bar of divine justice, I won't have to stand up there and think that I'm going to exclaim my own good, my own righteousness, my own works, 
And thanks be unto God, I know I'm not going to have to explain my weakness and my sins. No, my friends, the only testimony I'll give it that day, the only account I have to give of myself is Jesus Christ and him crucified, the resurrected Savior. He's my only hope. I love him. In myself, there is nothing good. No, not a thing. But in the eyes of God at that last day, I believe he'll see a sinner like Joe Nettles and he'll see me through the blood of Jesus Christ and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And even though I've sinned so many a sin, he'll see me that day as if I've never sinned a sin. I'll be just washed from my crimson and I'll be made as white as snow in Jesus Christ and him alone. Oh, friends, I rejoice in the proclamation of Jesus Christ as he opened that blessed scroll in the synagogue that day in Luke chapter four, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to do what? Oh, he's going to give you the only, the only good news, heartbroken sinner that is saving to you. It's the only news that will ease your troubled mind and, and give you any peace in the Lord. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's me. I'm the poor, and he's preached the gospel to me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's me. My heart's been broken because of my foolishness and my rebellions. Oh, but my friends, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent Jesus to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. I used to be captivated by this world. I couldn't enjoy the bar rooms anymore. I couldn't enjoy the lust and the filth and the concupiscence anymore. But brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, I've been delivered. This captive has been uh, captivated by Jesus Christ. And oh, that captivity is happy. It's joyous. I wouldn't have it any other way. A slave to Christ is what I am. He said, in recovering of sight to the blind, oh, the things I've been blessed to see, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book. He gave it to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Oh, friends, I love Jesus Christ. The world thinks me a buffoon. My own family, kinsmen, many of them think I'm a fool. But I just believe. I have faith in that which I've never seen, but I see it in my heart as real as if it's this recording device sitting in front of me right now. Friends, they marveled that day at his gracious words. And I would encourage you, friends, hear the gospel Hear the gospel. Throw away your vanities. Stop caring about what other people say about you. And your heart is broken today. Stop trying to lean on psychology. Stop trying to lean on contemporary wisdom and just fall at the foot of the cross and cry out the name of Jesus Christ and feel that salvation wash over you. Nothing else can do it until we're able to speak to you again on such wonderful, wonderful things. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ lead you more into the truth every day. God bless you.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caldonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonder.